Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where tonight, my friends and I will be playing a Delta Green RPG. I'm your host, Tom Ray. The scenario is Music from a Darkened Room. It was written by Dennis Detweiler, and it's available from Drive-Thru RPG and Art Dream Publishing. I'm the game master for this scenario, and this is episode two. Our recap will be given by Mark Anthony as his agent, uh, Jockey. So, without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Mark. Failed update, correspondent reference, Operation Iago, origin, Agent Jockey. Date of sleeper activation, May 1st, 2005, 0800 hours. Date of correspondence, May 3rd, 2005, 1400 hours. Opera rendezvous, days in, West Chiller Avenue, room 45B, 2000 hours. Field log. I, Agents East, Lake, Fox and Hades have successfully rendezvoused at the days in, room 45B at approximately 2000 hours where we subsequently obtained operative briefing. To confirm, one FedEx package containing the following, one cell phone, one local newspaper clipping, and one folded note with primary objectives. We have begun investigation into the suicide of FBI slash Delta Green agent Garrett, also known as Arthur Donnelly, whose body was recovered from 1206 Spooner Avenue, Meadowbrook, Illinois. Recorded last date of Delta Green agent contact 2003. A cell directive suspects that the Spooner House may have exhibited some influence over Agent Garrett, even though he was a highly experienced Delta Green agent, and caution should therefore be practiced. Record, records indicate that the house was previously brought to the attention of A cell, but was subsequently classified as statistically insignificant. Our three main objectives are as follows determine the circumstances surrounding the death of Agent Garrett, determine if the Spooner House represents any threat to the public. Once the first two product protocols are complete, contact ASL for further instruction. The following morning, May the 2nd, 2005, Agent Lake and I agreed to begin at the Meadowbrook store it while Hades worked on forging some FBI and Treasury Department identification. Easton Fox began research into the house via the country records. We speculated that if ASL's suspicions are correct about the agent operating outside of protocol, there may be indication as to what led to his demise buried within the contents of the inactive green box. Alas, with little more to go on than his name and a few aliases, our attempt proved fruitless. Agent East and Fox, however, were much more successful in their endeavor. With assistance from one of the clerks, they managed to uncover a grisly history hidden behind the paint-chipped walls of the curious abode. As it turns out, since 1956, there have been almost 20 deaths eight of which suicides, one a murder-suicide, six accidents, and the remaining as fires or gas leaks. To put that in perspective, the average remaining life expectancy for new owners of this domicile is only slightly over two and a half years. It seems those desolate doorways may conceal something ever more malign than dust-clutched cobwebs or the silent marching of a few roaches. We adjourn later that evening with the exception of Fox and Hades, Ugu to, to go for a spot of supper and the intention of uncovering any town gossip surrounding Spooner House and the demise of Agent Garrett. A common theme surfaces. Like many, if not all neighborhoods, this one also has a supposedly haunted house. 
Spooner House. Fox and Hades report the townsfolk are more than aware of the deaths of former owners. One couple in particular state, that's the haunted house of the neighbourhood. It's a house nobody wants to go near. People that live in that house die. It's a bad house. It's always been a bad house. The following morning, with Hades making short work of the identification, he, East and I ventured to speak to the neighbours while Fox and Lake headed towards the police station to follow up on the incident. One resident, an elderly woman, appeared apprehensive when asked about her experience of 1206 Spooner Avenue. She stated the house was bad karma. Another elderly gentleman also appears to have his reservations. Having been a resident of Spooner Avenue since 56, he remarked, sometimes people are nice when they move in, but they ain't so nice later on. They go into that house and seem to lose themselves. Conclusively and unfortunately, we finished our questioning and received answers more of the same. The house is haunted. The house is cursed. There's bad karma with that house, what have you. But brandishing our newly forward identification, we assumed a more hands-on strategy. East approached the 121206 confidently for a closer inspection. But as Hades and I joined, we were unable to follow through on our attempt in lockpicking the front door. Something about that house is off for sure. It looks just like any other house on the street, despite the ne neglected front and back garden. Whether it's the newfound knowledge of all the deaths unaccounted for behind its doors, the prospect of, stereo of the stereotypical haunted house, or just the fact that the unexplained occurs every day, just out of sight mostly, but there and real nonetheless, I can't pinpoint a single reason for the other feeling it gives me. I don't know about how the others feel, but the dread emitted by that place is palpable, like an insidious conglomerate of splintered wood, horrors imprisoned by apertures unseen, locked thresholds and shadows containing tales of its occupants in their short time lived, and what they felt, heard, sensed, saw. It stands before us, staring, beckoning. You may mistake my anxieties as superstition and my account hyperbolic, but my, my wariness was hardened by three singular words I spied in the periphery of my vision, scrawled in the wall to the right of the threshold. Hell is me. I thought of the damp accumulated and trapped between the exoskeleton after one too many rainfalls upon rot-eaten wood, amateur carpentry, or perhaps just a leaky roof, but rain is not red. All right. So we have you, some of you going to the police, some of you in front of the house. Um, I'll give you guys a choice. Which one would you like to do first? House or police? Oh, I mean, with the house, we're just going to snap a picture of this um, hell is me thing and probably go look at some obituaries now. Follow up on the, uh, the what exactly killed the previous owners. I mean, it was suicide, but in what manner where in the house um anything that we can find so all right in the newspapers so so uh that's easy enough you snap pictures of the uh the odd discoloration that says hell is me and so we'll do the other people you're heading uh who's heading to the police again i am um, with right. lake so agent yeah, lake and agent fox correct um, yep. You get to the uh, Meadowbrook Police Station. 
and I mean, it's not particularly busy, but it's what you'd expect. You know, Meadowbrook is actually a fairly uh, decent sized, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a suburb of, uh, yeah. of the Chicago area. Okay. Um, so, you walk, you gonna go in? Uh, yeah, I walk yeah. straight up to like the front desk and walk in, there's a front desk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll basically just uh, hi, I'm a supervisor, supervisory special agent Aaron Gideon, and this is special agent Jessica Bones, and we're with the FBI. Uh, we were hoping to speak to your chief or maybe a lead detective on the death of Agent Arthur Donnelly? Um, yeah, uh, Chief uh, Michael Buffington. Um, uh, why don't you have a seat there and I'll, uh, I'll go get him. Oh, thank, you. thank you. All right. So he goes away and after a few minutes, um, uh, he asks you to come with him and he'll, he'll take you to the chief's office. Okay. Um, uh, the chief is a white fellow. He's about six foot two high, um, clean cut, um, well-dressed, uh, medium build, um, looks like he's maybe, uh, in his mid thirties somewhere along the lines. Uh, and he is, uh, he stands up when you walk in and he says, gentlemen, please, please come in. Uh, to what do I owe this, uh, honor of the FBI? Uh, hi, uh, chief. Buff Buffington, yeah, Buffington, yeah. correct. Yes, um, uh, we're here um, basically to get a bit more information on the death of FBI agent Arthur Donnelly. Mainly, oh, yes, we were yes. hoping we could see his right. uh, records, anything you have on it. It's really just to tie up loose ends on our. Well, if our you don't mind, um, can I see your credentials? Oh, yeah, there you go. I'll Right. So he takes a look at them. Yeah, and then you know she pulls out hers as well and says, uh, "Yes, and, and we understand. What, you know, this is a this is of course uh, your case. We don't want to step on your toes here. We just want to evaluate what's, what's going on here as a as you know as no, a no standard problem. procedure." No I mean, you guys are FBI. You know, you know. The, I mean, FBI investigating FBI. That's of course. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what do you already know? You know that he committed suicide. I uh, yes, that's well, pretty much it. Just let me pull the let me pull the record, pulls the record, and he says, uh, "I myself was was there afterwards." Uh, damnedest thing I'd ever seen. Um, uh, uh, Elmer Perkins, the coroner, he says that uh, the death was fairly quick. Um, uh, Agent uh, Donnelly had uh, cut his own throat with a straight razor. Um, quite honestly, it looked like uh, looked like a bomb filled with blood had gone off in the room. There was blood everywhere. Uh, master bedroom. Um, just lying there on the floor in, you know, uh, Carpet was uh, obviously stained. Uh, we had a cleanup crew go in and see what they could do to clean up some of it, but you know some of those yeah. stains just don't come out. Um, we don't know what his motivation was or anything like that. We uh, 
uh, we we got uh, alerted by his wife that he was missing. Um, she said that he had been acting very strangely over the last uh, few months. Um, they had a divorce. Uh, it. Uh, uh, she said he was probably depressed, although her impression of him wasn't that he was depressed, that he was kind of manic. Okay. Um, she also didn't know about the house. Oh. Uh, could we get... Do you have the latest details on his wife at all? Like, well, I can give you his, uh, his wife's address. If you can. Yeah. She's actually local. She, uh, she lives across town. Okay. Has two daughters. They're both in college. I think they're in La Jolla. Okay. Uh, La- La- I'm getting the name wrong. Okay. They are in Loyola. That's how it's Loyola University. Um, she was quite surprised to, to find out that he had committed suicide, but there was no evidence at all of anybody else being in the room. Well, that's not exactly true. Not a, okay. Um, I don't know exactly how to explain this, but uh, well, where all is where is? Well, first of all, the house is peculiar. I, I had a, a strange feeling when I was there. It, it, the house, it looks completely normal. And there were things there from the previous owners uh, that, that were still there, boxes of things. Uh, you know that the previous owner before Donnelly had also committed suicide. Uh, Yes, yes, we have a record that there was quite a few, but like deaths in that house. We did get a record on that. Well, I'm not completely familiar with the past. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we've only got we've got one coroner, uh, as you mentioned, Elmer Perkins. Uh, he's in his fifties. Um, he's pretty much identified most. That, that's his job of bodies and things that come through here. So he may be more familiar with the details of some of the previous things than I am. I'd never heard of Spooner House until yeah. just, just this, this lease. Anyway, so um, the master bedroom is, as I say, it was like a bomb went off of blood. Man splattered blood everywhere, on the floor, on the walls and some on the ceiling. But there was a particular spot. It seemed to me when I was looking at it that there wasn't any blood. And I'd like to say, it's, a spe- it's pure speculation. I'd like to say it seemed like somebody had been standing there. Huh. But there was no evidence of any footprints or... That is... The only blood was in the, in the room. And this person would have been completely covered in blood if they had been standing there. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that is very odd. 
you would you wouldn't mind at all if we checked out checked out the property? No, I assume that that's that's something you would. I think that we might have the keys. Um, yeah. That'd be wonderful. Check. And he checks with his secretary, and mm -hmm. they're probably like in the evidence locker, the impound locker, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, she'll bring us the keys. Yeah, thank you. Um, could we also, if possible, like get the contact details for Elmer, your coroner? That's oh, okay. coroner, yeah. Well, he's at the, the county morgue, obviously. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, it's just, Elmer Perkins. It's just so we can um, fact check a few things and correlate with what we know on top of what you all know here. It's really just formal federal bureaucracy. Of course. Um, and his wife, uh, Alice Donnelly, um, formerly Clark is her last name. I'll give you her address as well. So I'm I if you don't mind me asking, I'm kind of curious. We are, you know, in the same profession. Yeah. Um, do you think that was anything other than suicide? Well, well, we it's ruled as suicide, but if it was anything more, maybe it'd be worth looking into, but speculation is like your speculation, it could be true. We ha there are many members of our bureau who have solved cases on pure speculation That's, alone. As it's it's probably many. more interesting to find out what motivated them or, or what drove them. Yeah. To it. Um, uh, there was no evidence of uh, breaking or entering into the house. Okay. Um, and like I say, it didn't seem there didn't seem to be any evidence that anybody else was there, except like I say, and I could be wrong. It could just be uh, the way his blood splattered. Yeah, that it well, seemed that way, but it sure seemed like that. Well, the thing, one of the things is, gotta you gotta go with your judgment. You gotta go with what you see, and if you think there was something odd about that. Maybe there's something odd about that. And maybe it's something worth we can somehow look into. I doubt it, but just on our brief investigation, just to close up it on our end, we it's it's probably can. nothing. You know, but yeah. Was well, quite odd. Well, anything we find that uh, may be useful for you guys, we will we will let you know. I'll be sure to let you know personally, Chief. All right. Well, you know where I am. Yep. Uh, Is it all right if we get the case files? Just we we can stay here and read through them. No, I mean we, we can make you a copy of the case file. Yeah, I saw it. Thank right. you. Thank you. I'll have a, so he has a secretary do all of that. Okay. You get the keys in hand. Thank you. Nice work, Fox. And then I guess so. I assume you leave. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Bones, what did you think about all that? Well, it was interesting. Uh, he was very specific about the amount of blood. I, I think we should definitely look into that and see if it was perhaps an unnatural amount of blood for the circumstances. And uh, yes, I definitely think we should follow up with the wife, um, the ex-wife. 
and and the corner. Well, it's a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot of avenues to go here, and that's the thing. From a psychological perspective, like if the chief said he saw something he, that was a little bit out of place, maybe there was something out of place. Maybe it was a bit of a trick of his mind, but mm. it's worth, as you said, looking into it. It could yeah. be nothing, like the chief thinks it is, but if it gets us one step closer to what answers that we need, then it's worth checking. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So are you going to go back and meet the others? Yeah. Back yeah. at your headquarters? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Right. So we'll say that you both arrive back at the headquarters you know, within 20 minutes of each other. Well, I see the two of you managed to not get arrested. Yes, um, indeed, and we, and we got the case file. Uh, Fox was yeah. uh, Fox was very good in there. So, um, well, Fox yeah. did the talking. Yes, and yeah. uh, he did most of the talking actually. I thought that was your specialty, Blake. I mean, it is, but I mean, he had it sound <laughs> like he had it covered. So, I it sounded like he was uh, right in his element here. So, I didn't want to step on his toes. Oh. Well, we found uh, something. Uh, off-putting at the house. Uh, Jock, do you want to show him the photos? Yeah, I'll quickly flash them the Polaroid, showing the three hell is me. Um, we, we, we interviewed a couple of the neighbors, but uh, it's pretty much more of the same. Um, one fella seems to, th- seems to believe that the people that go into the house are different from a couple of weeks in the house. Hmm. It is odd. What about yourselves? What did, what did you find? Uh, bones. <laughs> well, I could call you late. late. <laughs> yeah, either one. No. <laughs> I could call uh, you well, late. <laughs> it, uh, a number of strange things, you know, that he, like I say, he was very particular about, you know, the, the uh, there was a, so much blood, like a, a bomb of blood went off because uh, Donnelly cut his own, his uh, neck with a straight razor. Um, and he says that there, were, there was a spot with no blood. He speculates that it was a person, but there's no footprints and nothing to back that up. Um, so that doesn't really make sense, but it's worth you know checking out. Uh, apparently he was divorced. Uh, his two daughters are in college. Uh, I think his wife described him as depressed, but not manic, I believe. Was, was that right, Fox, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And um, uh, yeah. We ahead. have our address. We have our address. Mm-hmm. The other way around. His wife or his ex-wife? Ex-wife. Yeah. Ex-wife. And oh. they were divorced before he... Okay, so yeah. how long have they been separated? Do you know? Did they tell you? No, I don't think we... No, I don't think he told us, no. Um, Do we know? Yeah, I, I can say that the uh, the cop would have probably told you that they... Let me look up here. Oh, hold on. Their marriage fell apart earlier this year. They were married for 25 years. Legally divorced on May 23rd. Okay. That's uh, rather two, recent. 2004. Sorry, last year. Okay, last, oh, last year. We have our address if any of us wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, pursue so that. They got divorced last year. It was after the divorce that he bought the house. 
Did he have any other property? Was he staying anywhere else? Or was it just a house? Is that where he's been staying? Going by what we know, just going by what we know, just a house by the looks of it. Well, I was going to go look at some obituaries and newspapers, try to ascertain what happened to the previous owners of this house, exactly if they were killed in a similar manner, um, killed themselves in a similar manner, or um, any other commonality, certain room that it happens in, um, anything that we can gain. But I would also like, if, well, I, if I take one of you to go do that with me, if the other two want to go, try to track down if... Um, Uh, Mr. Donnelly had any other place where he might have stayed aside from the house? Yeah. Well, if I come with you east and then Joffrey and Lake go to... Um... <laughs> wow, this really is two stars for a reason, eh? Yeah. Dog's home right here. It's in the apartment next door. <laughs> So uh, group of two and three then. Um, who's with Ace? It's Fox with Ace. And you are going to look at the obituaries. Um, Lake and Hades. Shall we maybe go and follow up on previous potential previous places he would have stayed? Or do you want to go and maybe interview his ex-partner? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you two want to do that, we'll just have Hades uh, stay here for the time being. Right. Okay. <laughs> He'll coordinate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Touching up some of the documents. Mm -hmm. Keeping everybody off our trail. <laughs> okay, so if I understand, Agent Chalky and Agent Lake are going to go talk to the ex-wife. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Agent East and Agent Fox are going to go to the newspaper, did you say? Yes, we're going to go to a public library or a news anywhere where we can find backlogs of newspapers. Okay, you're going to go looking for newspapers. Um, okay. uh, Lake, and, Lake and Jockey, there's a there's a time gap between when they got divorced and when he bought the house. Uh, you said that the officers didn't, said that the ex-wife wasn't aware of the house, so ask her where she thinks that he's been staying this whole time, and maybe we can go there. Right. as well and see what's what we're thinking sounds good all right well let's do the ex-wife first okay mm -hmm. um it's now about i don't know where we started it was probably morning when we started so we'll say it's about 11 o'clock in the morning um you drive across town um it's all of the houses are little bungalows and things like that. So it's another bungalow. Uh, you drive up and you can see there's a, there's a car in the driveway. Uh, and you get out and you walk up the path and uh, you ring the doorbell. And uh, you hear steps inside on a wooden floor. And the door opens and it's a, it's a woman. She looks like she's maybe in her mid 40s. Um, around the same age as Donnelly would have been. And she says, uh, yes, may I help you? After you, Lick. 
Yes, um, uh, uh, so, sorry to bother you, ma'am. We're with the uh, uh, FBI. We're investigating, uh, unfortunately, uh, your ex-husband has passed away. Well, um, I mean, I've already answered questions of the police. Uh, I understand. Unfortunately, you know, the FBI is conducting, we're conducting our own investigation. Do, do you mind uh, if we just talked with you briefly? Uh, just a couple questions that me and um, my uh, well, associate sure, have for you. Sure. Uh, do you want to come inside? Yes. Thank you so much. We, we, I we'd was, love to you. I was just making some coffee. Would you like some coffee, gentlemen? That sounds great, Miss Clark. Thank you very much. I'm fine. Thank you. She says. She says. How how did you know that my maiden name was Clark or your FBI? <laughs> of course, you know. You probably know more about me than I know about me. Um, here we go. Here's some coffee. I put some cookies there on the thing too. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, my husband was not really what I would call a depressed man um he seemed more like he seemed more like he was afraid for me uh he was i mean i loved my husband we were you know married for quite a long time and uh over the years I mean, I, I can always tell that there was something eating at him, especially the, uh, you know, with his FBI work. And he never really discussed any of that with me. I figured you know, this was a safe haven for him and that he came home and he didn't want to think about it. But it ate at him. It ate at him little by little. And he became a little more belligerent, a little more curse with me and um and then he wanted a divorce uh we we were separated and then he finalized the divorce and after that i kind of lost touch with him he would he would you know we'd have lunch once in a while but it wasn't very comfortable we were supposed to have lunch the day that i i called the police because he just didn't show up and uh, then they found his car three days later. Um, that's what I told the police. What? So sorry to hear that. Do you think there was something more to it than? I I wouldn't say he was upset because of the divorce because he wanted the divorce. Okay. Is there anything else that you think he might have been upset over? I think that whatever he was working on upset him. I think that he tried very hard to hide it from me, but you know, a wife knows. Right. And so you think that that got to grow so large that it got to be, it did turn into this? It never bothered him that much before. I just don't know. I, I don't have any explanation for why he would. Uh, kill himself do you have any other inkling as to what this let's say side project might have been oh no he would never he told me working for the fbi you know well you yourself should know you don't 
there's a lot of things we just don't discuss. Mm-hmm. Of course. Even even when, you know, before, he would disappear for a week. He told me it would happen sometimes. And we uh we were uh we were separated in uh, uh november of uh 2003 so it's been a while um it's obviously fair to say that whenever you separated he moved out of the house do you have well, any not at yeah. first but eventually yeah he did move out of the house i don't know where he was staying okay i i assume it was locally somewhere if you had to hazard a guess would you say like like a motel friend's house probably anywhere i was yeah. i was shocked to find out that he had purchased the house so maybe he was staying there I don't know when he purchased it. Uh, Agent Agent Lake, is there anything else you'd like to ask? Uh, I mean, is there anything that you can think of that might uh, might have caused somebody else um, to? Uh, I mean, you know, is there anything that he would get so angry about that it would drive him to do crazy things or? Anybody that could drive him that, you know, really just set a spark in him? Well, a number of years ago, I mean, he was excited about his work. He told me once that in the police and or the, the FBI investigation that sometimes, um, there were things that were really surprising and interesting. And then after a while, it was almost as if his original excitement had turned to deep concern that there were things out there that were dangerous. And I remember at least one time him coming home and it was almost as if he had been passed over for a promotion or you know, that he didn't say what it was, but he was angry because the higher ups weren't listening to him. Um, whatever that means. Um, and it d- deteriorated from there. He wasn't, I don't think that he was happy in his job. Maybe he was, but he was certainly preoccupied preoccupied by it a great deal and I think that the pressure just got too much for him I think maybe he just couldn't handle having a relationship and juggling his work so maybe it was better he felt that he leave I don't know I don't know I don't know what his motivations you need a psychologist to figure all that out I imagine but he's dead so Well, I'm sorry to uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vic. No, you no, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, um, 
sorry to get into all the nitty gritty during this strange, difficult time. Um, getting back to the dates, what, do, you, do you know the exact day he moved out of the property? I'd say it was probably, it was right, right after Thanksgiving. He spent Thanksgiving with us and then he moved out. I was kind of half hoping that maybe we could fix things, but so the end of November, uh, 2003. All right, well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, is there anything else you can think of that would uh, help our investigation? You know, she asks. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I remember something. I, I was... I'm not really a Snoopy wife. I, I would never, ever have thought that he was cheating on me. There was no indication that he would cheat on me. But I found a notepad on, 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 his, in his, on his desk, and he'd written something on it. You know how when you push down, it leaves an impression on the, the note underneath? And I could yeah. see it was a woman's name, uh, Yamila. I don't know who Yamila was. He never said anything about a woman named Yamila. I thought it might have to do with something he was working on. But that's all. That's all I can think of. He was a good man. Yes, it, it sounds like it. Well, 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 as I said, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Well, I Jackie, hope it helps. Jackie, anything else? Uh, no, that's everything. Um, again, thanks for accommodating us. Thank you for the coffee. It was lovely. And uh, thanks for your cooperation. Of course. And uh, she sees you out. And you leave. Uh, let's see, Agent East and Agent Fox, you go looking for newspaper articles. Um, you've got a list of names, yeah, and you've we'll got... Start... Go ahead. Okay, well, we'll start looking for uh, Yamila Isari, the, the, uh, the prior owner to Don okay. Uh, you, uh, let's see if I can. You find um, only uh, obituaries of uh, Miss Yamila uh, Isari uh, passed away. Uh, it gives the date. Uh, let's see. Uh, February 12, 2004. Um, it doesn't say how or suicide or anything like that. Um, it does say that she, uh, she was a recent immigrant to the United States from the United Arab Emirates. 
and um, that she was a collector of antiques. Uh, the town uh, had kind of will will greatly miss her because she she bought a lot of antiques from uh, from their shops. So they all kind of she turned into kind of royalty in the town. But other than that, it doesn't really say anything. All right, moving on, uh, Andrea Falcone. Uh, Andrea Falcone, uh, this was uh, January 2002, uh, January 12th, 2002, um, that she, she died inside of her home. Uh, once again, it doesn't say how, but uh, it also doesn't say anything about, it says where the funeral will be held, nothing more. Uh, next. Braintree. Okay, Amanda Braintree. You're gonna have to do a lock on this. We're going back a ways. All right, dun, 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 dun. Nope. <laughs> All right, you can't find anything on Amanda Braintree. Can I find anything on Amanda Braintree? Did you, did you, I, 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 actually, it's only fair to have one role. You guys are looking. For okay, that, yeah, right? that's fine. So. Um, yeah, you can do the role for, for, are you going to keep going back? Well, I guess we would yeah, keep Fox, trying. See right. if you can find anything on Lewis Tycroft. Okay. okay. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. 95 is a no, I cannot find. <laughs> yeah. You find it more and more difficult to locate information as you go back. Um. Mm. This is turning out to be quite difficult, East. Why don't you do? Why don't you do one? Uh, one last. Whoever's got the best luck. The we best have the same luck. We have the same. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll say after a few hours. Go ahead and do another luck roll. You can do it. <laughs> no, I can't. Actually, I can't do it, Josh. <laughs> so finding it in these newspapers is not proving to be very well. Uh, there's, there's just too much to go through, and and a lot of the newspapers are missing. They're probably on microfiche. Ah, man, not the fiche. So hard to look through the fish. Okay. Um, However, I'll give you this: in at least three of the things that you find, uh, you do mention it does mention uh, Coroner Elmer Perkins. So okay. He's been he's been here for a long time. So if we noticed that, I'll be like, well, um, he's actually someone uh, I wanted we wanted to speak to because. Oh, well, let's go. Yeah. So. That might be, he might be able to fill in some gaps or whatever. And apparently, I'll just let you do the talking. <laughs> you never had an act for it. Well, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> Possibly never. All right. Uh, so you're going to head there? I guess so. All right. Um, drive across town, come to the, County Coroner's Office. Uh, it's a 
a sort of a low beige colored building. Uh, looks like it's fairly new, you know, maybe, maybe no more than 10 years old building itself. Um, there's a few cars in the parking lot and uh, you go inside. Uh, there's a receptionist. Can I, can I help you? Yeah. No. Yeah. I would death briefly. No. Hi. I am a supervisory supervisory special agent Aaron Gideon and Morgan. What alias are you using? Uh, I am, and I'm a special agent Gregory Hale. Right. Well, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Uh, we're here to uh, speak to Coroner Elmer Perkins. Mr. Perkins. Um, Doctor. Uh, I guess. Mr. Perkins, um, do you have an appointment? Uh, we do not. No. All right. Let me let me check and see if he's free at the moment. Okay. And uh, he goes through a door. You can hear him go down a hall, and uh, you say, uh, "You hear him say, Elmer, um, you've got a some FBI people here," and he's like, "Oh, Jesus." He's like, uh, I just started my sandwich. You like, uh, tell them to come back later. She says, they look pretty efficient. So, all right. Send them back. So he comes back and says, oh, he'll, uh, he'll see you right now. And uh, he says, that, that room down there at the end of the hall. As you, you go in, you can sort of smell, you know, you're in a morgue. <laughs> yeah. uh, chemical smell. Straight away, if when I see Elmer, I'm going to profile him straight away in my head. So, just his mannerism, how he is, just. Um, you can uh, as you go do a spot hidden as you walk. You can both do a spot. So an alertness, I guess. Uh, alertness. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a twenty-four, <laughs> so and on a sixty, so. All right, um, you step inside, um, and uh, this a uh, little bit overweight gentleman uh, in a white lab coat. Uh, he's he's sta- he comes he's standing up from behind his desk. Uh, you can uh, smell that he was probably having a turkey sandwich. Um, you can see a little bit of lettuce you know, caught on the edge of his mouth. Um, you, you smell alcohol, like beer in the room. Okay. And he's like, he's like, gentlemen, um, what, can I, uh, what can I do for the FBI? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, we're here to uh, discuss, uh, you did the autopsy on Agent Donnelly, Arthur Donnelly. I do the autopsies on everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're talking uh, about the agent that cut his throat. Yeah. Um, we we're just wondering if we could get your view on this situation. Well, more. are you said your FBI? Can I see your credentials? Yes, you can. Okay. So he looks those. Yeah, looks good. Um. I'm really not supposed to discuss um, previous cases. I mean, 
Are you sure? Well, I suppose you're not supposed to be drinking either, but... No. Uh, oh, it's just a little beer. Um, <laughs> look, um... What do you want to know? He cut his throat. He's a straight razor. Any anything else on the body at all? Anything? No, no, not really. Um, seems like a per- perfectly healthy uh, adult male uh, in his mid forties. Um, had uh, used his right hand. Uh, okay. Had sliced his neck across like this with a straight razor. Uh, we only we only know that because of the nature of the cut. Microscopically, it was most definitely a razor that had, okay. that had done something extremely sharp, not a knife or, an, or not some other ragged uh, edged uh, tool. Um, we did not find the straight razor. However, uh, we don't know if it was removed from the uh, evidence or if it was picked up as evidence and it got lost in the, in the shuffle. Um, the uh, a person had bled out. Do the do the cut marks indicate that it was in fact suicide? Well, yes. In fact, we could tell from his Self, yes. his hand was covered in blood. He he most definitely uh, did it himself. Self inflicted. Um, did you? I don't. I don't know if you were able to hear. Uh, did you? Did it seem like he had taken anything? Was he on anything? Did you? Oh no, no drugs at all in his system. Um, uh, I think that his wife said that he didn't seem like a depressed fellow, though he had recently had a, a divorce uh, well, a year before. Um, nothing seemed seemed very odd about it, except ex- I, I suppose the, the odd thing was that um, it was very similar to the suicide of um, the woman that had owned the house previous to Yamila Azari? That's well, correct. Yeah. Yes, that the, was uh, the Arab woman. Yeah, that was our second line of inquiry. Well, actually, what about um, it was this, so the same manner of death, huh? Uncannily, um, same room, uh, straight razor uh, across the neck almost identical throat cut. Um, believe it or not, almost identical um, blood splatters. Uh, mm. Really quite strange. It's what are the, what are strange the odds coincidence. of that, do you think? Yeah, that is a strange. It reminds me of a case, actually. Copycat uh, murder? I don't know if uh, Mr. Donnelly knew her or not. Uh, but uh, it was quite strange. The house has a reputation. A bit of reputation. Uh, yeah. About There's that reputation. been quite a few uh, deaths. How house. long have you been coroner here? Oh, since for, for about 50 years. I'm sorry. I started when I was up. Was I, I was two years old. <laughs> um, uh, I've been I've been here since. Uh, what is it? Uh, I've been here since 1984. Uh, well, there have been Could a you, number of deaths yeah. in the house since Guess then. Quite Are they a all few, the same? Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. These were the only two where they cut their throats. Um, oh, jeez, okay. let's see. Um, oh. Before Yamila, there was a woman, Andrea Falcone. Um, she 
climbed into a closet, as I recall, in the hallway, and she put a plastic bag over her head and suffocated herself. So it was a suicide. Oh, yeah, once again, well, yes, it was. Um, am I getting that right? Or was... Because according to what we've found, it was listed as an accident. Hold on just a second. I could read. You jump one. That a, was Falcone. that Amanda Braintree? Falcone. Andrea Falcone was an accident. Uh, Andrea Falcone. Let me look at this. I got a long list. So. Um, uh, it says that she, uh, she suffocated. Um, uh, we don't know if she, uh, if she, well, the thing is, is that there was no reason why she would have suffocated because she wasn't tied up. So I, okay. I, I thought about it. it. It seemed like she could have easily... It's, it's not the way people usually die. Um, hmm. And then Miss Braintree, Amanda, she hung herself. Okay. Did how did how did that see it? Do you, do you remember it much? I think that she, I, as I recall, she hung herself from a light fixture in one of the rooms. Not exactly sure which one. Okay. Um. And then there was uh, Mr. Tycroft. Uh, he shot himself. He shot himself. Shot himself. That one was very, very strange. Extremely. He shot himself twice. And the first time that he shot himself, I would have believed that would have killed him. I don't understand how somebody could have possibly shot themselves twice. But all of the evidence pointed that he had the gun in his hand, the powder prints were on his skin. But he um, shot himself twice. And the first shot should have killed him. He Where shouldn't have been able shot? to kill himself the second shot. Is it, is it, well, I don't doubt it, but is it possible that the first shot wouldn't have killed him at all? Or was it too? Obviously, it didn't, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, I, I... where where was the first where was the first shot located? Yeah, both shots were in his chest. Okay, in his chest. That's a not in. That's an unusual like this. So he would. That's an unusual angle. To... And was was that gun recovered, or was it also lost? Like the well, I'm razors? sure it was put in. Yes, I'm I'm sure that um, was put into evidence. We had the gun. also. Is it possible, like, in my time, uh, some people spasm after death. Could it have shot himself a second time by spasming? Something must have happened. But that's not the weirdest death. Okay. The first death that I investigated in that house was Mr. John Tyler. Mr. John Tyler died in the master bedroom 
He was lying on the floor. No, I'm sorry. He was in the bathtub. The bathtub was completely dry and Mr. John Tyler had drowned. Any way what? Those His lungs no were completely full of water. So he, no he drowned in no an sign. empty bathtub. He drowned in a dry, empty bathtub. No sign of any water being used within like an hour or so? Nope. That is unusual. I, uh, I deemed it a freak accident. Sometimes you get things that you just can't explain. Hmm. Yeah, this does. Hmm. Well, very curious. He's been so full. Um. Yeah. Um, could just out of pure curiosity for me, this out of character, could I just basically psychology check on Elmer Perkins? Sure. It's, real, it's more of a personal thing for my character than actually probably going to help the plot of this. You want to play your character? What do you think this is? A role playing game? <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, 33. Yeah. That's human intent. Human int, isn't it? On this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's. Oh, 33. <laughs> that's, that's a tough. That's a. Extreme passion. Yeah. Okay. That's a pass. Um, yeah. I have 80 in human int. So. But a 33 is doubles. That's an ultra pass. Yeah. That's the critical or whatever it's called, a delta green. What? pass. What you're the impression that you get from uh from Elmer Perkins is that he's seen a lot of horrible deaths, obviously, your coroner, which is why um, he drinks, which is also kind of that he is anude to that sort of thing. So you don't see any signs that it bothers him on okay. any level. Uh, on the other hand, he seems actually kind of an affable fellow, and he certainly talks. He talks. He yeah. almost with, I wouldn't say with glee, but he's he's telling you um, the stories, the way he perceives them, and you don't really get that he's embellishing the story at all. Uh, he seems genuinely disturbed by some of the, the results, but he doesn't he doesn't bother thinking about that. He he mm -hmm. dealt with that years ago and now he's yeah. moved on. But then you're bringing it back. But he's okay. telling you almost you know the way you'd be like Yeah very small I saw a body and this is what it was because you're asking me when I'm a coroner. Yeah okay. So you don't get any dishonesty. No. No, that's fine. That's, and to be fair, what I get from him anyway is he probably drinks a little bit just to... He's in a stressful job, so, so he probably just drinks to get out of his system a bit. And, yeah. Or he just, just likes beer. Or he likes to drink a little bit. Yeah, but that's not how Fox thinks. So Yeah, sometimes there's, there's a cigar is just a cigar. And sometimes people drink on their lunch break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been in a lot of businesses that people drink on. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's very common. Um, anything else? And uh, no, I, th I think that's it for us speaking to Perkins. I think, unless East has any questions. Uh, no, other than just he's 
He's been most helpful. What are you drinking? Uh, just Sam Adams. Sam yeah. Adams? Oh, Maybe when you get a chance, you should, I don't know, try something a little better than that. Well, you should right, go out. Go. I can tell you some of the other stories of weird things. But Elmer says to you, now, you know that statistically, you can find a house like this in just about every neighborhood. There are houses that uh, every house, uh, not every house, I guess, but a lot of houses have people commit suicide or die or drug overdoses yeah. or whatever. And occasionally you're going to get one with a few people that have done it. And mm. So in a city like Chicago, I don't think that statistically this many deaths in this one house is that unusual. I mean, it's just somebody's got to have a house with that many deaths in it. Yeah. But, and, uh, but there are some very strange very strange. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah, disrupt you. your run, lunch hour. Um, enjoy your well, St. Adams. Yeah, hopefully there won't be any more. I don't know yeah, when that house is going to go back on the market. Well, if I hope uh, we can, if we need you for anything, we can call upon you. Yeah. Of course, you guys yeah. have cards. Uh, yes, I will throw him a card. We will call you if we need it. <laughs> I, I have one with Gideon on it. <laughs> well, you yeah, probably have cards? you probably have fake cards that have yeah. fake numbers on it, so that if they yeah. try to call them, they're not going to get you anyway. <laughs> this number has been disconnected. Beep. Little uh, uh, dead town. It'd be best if uh, we'll, we'll contact you. Yeah. Of course. All right. And so you leave the corner. Um, Jockey, mm -hmm. what were you guys doing? Uh, we were, we had just finished up the interview with Miss Clark. That's right. How are you going to um, do anything after that? Or are you all going to once again convene? Um, I think we, I don't think we said about anything after that. I think we're just going to um, re rendezvous again, I guess. Probably like late afternoon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably get some, you know, decent pizza this time. Yeah, it's decent. Um, and <laughs> no, and not Adams for whatever reason. Just pineapple. Um, you want pineapple? Fox? Pineapple mushrooms. <laughs> pineapple mushrooms. Ham, green peppers. Just yeah. That's what I'm having on my pizza. Pineapple mushroom pizza. Yes. <laughs> that, um, saying Fox, that myself, you are a strange, uh, strange man. Uh, no, I wouldn't eat that myself, but Fox would. So. <laughs> so why don't you take some time and discuss what you guys know so far? Okay, well, what, what, did, what did you find out at the coroner's office? Uh, well, the last, uh, the last resident before Donnelly, uh, Yamila uh, Izari, uh, died in the exact same way that he did. Oh wow, that's that's strange. I mean, the coroner, uh, uh, there was he told me us about uh, John Tyler, who in 1988 uh, apparently drowned in a dry bathtub. 
uh, an empty um, bathtub. Yep, he had water in his lungs. Yeah. So something is definitely um, wrong. I just wish figure out how Donnelly found out about the house. Yes, yeah, so and now it's all because one strange death. Yeah, that's that's just a coincidence. Two, yeah, but several strange deaths in the same house. Well, it's. I mean, and, this thing about statistics is one thing, but I mean, how many houses in Chicago did a man drown in an empty bathtub? Yes, and I'm not gonna like the guy at the angle to point that gun at your chest. That's that's a pretty. It's it's not a difficult angle, but it'd be an uncomfortable angle, and you can't guarantee you'd die or hit any hit anything. Well, you'd hit something vital, but man, it's, it's with a strange place. And, and, and Andrea suffocated. Why wouldn't you just... If you're going to kill yourself with a gun, why wouldn't you just shoot yourself in the head? Well, and the, uh, the razors. I mean, the same blood the same blood spatter. I mean, it's like somebody murdered these people, but they were never there. Yeah, remind, it does remind me of a, of a case. Uh, anyone might have heard about it. Uh, the Ronald Hodgins case. Um he basically managed to get away with a lot of murder because he convinced a lot of people to commit suicide in various ways. It was a strange one. He had a very manipulative way to it, and he managed it. Only minor things like hangings and stuff, nothing this peculiar, but there are some sick people out there, so it wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't Jackie, put it. What did you learn? Past. Um, Miss Miss Clark didn't. Uh, we we queried about the uh, the gap in between um, Agent Garrett buying the new property and uh, separating from his partner and moving, or separating from his ex-wife and moving out of the house. Um, she didn't have any inkling whatsoever as to where he might have moved in the meantime. Um, one thing that's very unsettling, though is she mentioned how she never had any she never had any concerns about him being unfaithful to her but there was one time um she spotted in a notepad the name yamela isn't that the right isn't that the right one yamela is the previous owner of the house yeah and that's the previous owner of the house but it, the page out? was torn. The page was torn out, so it wasn't written down. She had just managed to, you know, spot it from the indents on the subsequent page. Um, she. This wasn't on Delta Green's past. He hasn't done any operations since two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. See, all of this is very odd, but there's got to be. Some it, it it's got to be connected in some way. It's, it has to be this strange deaths. Why he got? Why he did that house? Him dying the exact same way as your Miller. It's all got to be connected. We just we just there's got to be there's something in the chain that we are missing. Yeah. Well, and that message on the outside of the house. Hell is me. 
Is it re- well going by what is it maybe someone referencing the house? Maybe well, I mean look look someone... at these. Look at these. This it shares none of the weathering of the other paint on the house. No. Hmm. Like I say, it looks like how that was painted over and then it's and then it's come through the from under the paint. Previous I mean, um, this definitely this definitely seems like something like an anomaly. Yeah. And, Clark it does, also... and it presents a danger, whatever it is. Um, I mean it's killed a number of individuals. It did not, however, um, do anything to the people that went into that house to retrieve no. the bodies. That's interesting. Maybe there's maybe there's some kind of motive to, to this, like a psychological need for this person to pick a solitary person or and do that kind of harm to them. How they caused them to do this harm is another question, oh, but Fox, my how uh, is this your first night at the opera? Would it be our first nights at the opera? Not necessarily. No, no, it's I've been a couple of times. Well, I'd have to say this would be the most. Um... I don't know. The, uh, I hope you're right that it is just some deranged individual, but I fear we're going to find something much worse. Than oh, that was. I, I, I suppose you are right, but for now, I just I would like to treat it as a deranged individual. We will probably progress to more if we. Well, I, I would like to when, not treat it as anything uh, um, until now. Something that we don't know. Because I, if you're if you're looking for, I don't know, some human activity, um, mm. already in your mind, that's what you're what you're looking for. It's something supernatural is going on. Um, it may be too late for you. Miss Clark uh, also said about how her husband, her ex-husband, became more belligerent. Uh, over time and they had more and more arguments um, she mentioned about how she felt he was trying to tell his superior something but they just it was just not it just was going in one ear and come out, coming out the other okay. which I, I suppose his superior is at FBI or maybe was he Subtly talking about Delta Green, possibly reporting something to ASL and they weren't listening to him. Well, that, well, obviously, Delta Green had uh, smoothed the house off as nothing really up until now. So maybe he tried to, you know, try to get them to look into it more. And... Perhaps he went to live in the house to draw more attention to it and they got him killed and i so yeah i suppose ultimately he succeeded i mean now we're here yeah we are here and the thing is 
Where did he first learn about? He knew about the previous owner. And she died the year that he bought the house. But Yeah. And he wrote the note in 2003, but she died in 2004. And... So he knew about Yamila before before she died. So it's something tipped him off about the Spooner house. Yeah, maybe. I assume he might have interviewed Yamila, spoke to her several times, tried to piece something. I don't know, but something set him off. If he was acting differently to his ex-wife, something, something was eating at him, and. Well, clearly, it's the house, if anything. Whatever is going on in this house changed him and led him to his demise. But it is strange that he died the exact same way as you, Miller. That is odd. Because every other death going by the coroner from where he spouted, they're all different, except from these two. It is odd indeed. Where do we go from here then? Deep, deep, deep dive into the house. It's probably. Unless we can think of a way to discover exactly how Donnelly, um, what intrigued him so much about Spooner House, um, we don't know. And I suppose if he's been living there, any personal belongings or journals or things that would indicate that would be in that house as well um, yeah, we we don't have to like spend a ludicrous amount of time there we can just do a quick cursory glance look for any of his belongings i mean i was think of interest i was prepared earlier today to just go in there um but we that message or there's something about those words that this whole situation is do uh, intelligence rolls. And I know the message unsettled you as well. Uh, ooh, that's a 22 out of it. What the hell is hey, going my, on? My 67. Mine is just a regular pass. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, the 22 is an old, like, my, my brain big, moment. My big, my big brain. <laughs> you've all assumed or guessed that there's something weird going on in that house. Um, one of the numbers that was on your little cell phone was a psychologist, parapsychologist, that was listed as a friendly. Okay. Uh, Dr. Emeliaro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, all yeah, the call. Yes. This. Good thing um, there, Fox. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth a. Uh, it wouldn't be worth. It wouldn't be worth. It would be worth the, uh, the thing to re- words. I can't word right now. You know what I'm trying to. <laughs> Who do you think that we? Okay, they. It's the secret government agency. Um, okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'll call him or her. Yarrow, Dr. Yarrow. All right. Uh, so you dial a number. 
and uh, uh, the phone answers. Um, uh, this is Dr. Yarrow. Uh, how can I help you? Uh, Dr. Yarrow, this is Marvin Taylor. Um, I believe that you've worked with uh, my government's de uh, my department of the government before. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Are you a a, a student here? No, um, I'm a I'm an agent. Um, Delta Green. Oh, 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 an agent. Um, wow. Um, it's been a while. Um, uh, do we need to meet somewhere? I, I didn't think you'd want to talk over the phone. Uh, meet me at, um, such and such, this Denny's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Denny's. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, when, uh, now or, uh, I mean, it's, it's like five o'clock, uh, dinner. Six yeah, as soon as you can get here. All right, after I, uh, of course, of course, oh, yes, he can. Yeah. All right, he hangs up. Right. <laughs> so you've got about an hour before you meet him at the Denny's. I'll ask him what he knows about the house. Um, what do you think about bringing him with us? It wouldn't be, it'd be worth a chance. Maybe he can help shed some more light. Yeah. We might as well. If, he, if he's willing anyway, and obviously we don't want to, don't want to reveal too much, but he might be of value and he might be able to actually help us. So. Um, Dr. Yarrow, he's a parapsychologist. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. That's what uh, it says. Okay. All right. So you arrive at the, uh, the Denny's and uh, you guys are, you guys still look like federal agents. And uh, you're sitting there, and uh, right on time, uh, you actually see a car pull up outside. Um, you see a gentleman get out, and he has on a ridiculous black trench coat. This is May. It's not particularly cold outside. He has on a hat. And he's got it all pulled around him. And you see him, he comes to the door. He steps inside, he looks around, and he sees you and he's like, this. and he, he walks over to where you are. And he says, nobody followed me. Nobody followed me, I, I swear. He says, uh, um, That's good, take a seat. Uh, are, are you sure that it, that it's safe? for us to be here. Wow. Um, what, what can I do for you? Uh, tell me, have you ever heard of the Spooner House? No, should I have? Well, not necessarily. Uh, we have an interesting uh, situation that we think that your skill set um, 
What will assist us with? Um, which skill set? Um, I'm I I have a, a PhD in psychology, um, and I also study both, and actually both. Really, um, some some deviant you want me to help I'll, find? I'll pass it. I'll very like. I'll slide the newspaper clipping across the table. Um, which one, like Agent Donnelly's death? Um, this is about a, a suicide. You, you guys are FBI also, CIA. Delta. We are a scientist. I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Um. Uh, well, I I don't like have psychometry am i do you uh, want me and to... then I'll, I'll, I'll pass and then i'll slide the other thing that shows like the record of all the deaths that have occurred back to back to back to back oh oh my and all at the same house oh i believe that this particular property might be having some kind of a uh, supernatural effect on these people um and we're going there tonight. We would like you to accompany us. All right. I should tell you that I'm psychically sensitive. Oh, that will, so that will be very helpful. All right. Um, ooh, that's very exciting. Oh, I'm so stupid. Okay. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to make another phone call. Okay. To Elizabeth Tucker. All right. You call the the Tucker number, and uh, all you get as an answering machine at this time of night uh, for her office, um, but it gives you enough information to know that she is in acquisitions. Uh, that if you are looking for a particular item, uh, you know, that's been sold or on the market, she should probably be able to find it. Yes. And but the... she'll be back at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Okay. Actually, okay. We're not going tonight. We're going tomorrow night. So meet us back here. All right. Same time. All right. You don't want to just meet at this the address here for the Spooner House. Oh, oh yeah, to meet here. It. If it's safer or, to meet here. Yeah. You probably don't want me to meet this right now. All right. All right. Um, oh, I'm so excited. And he looks around, make sure nobody's looking. He's like, all right, let's see. Yes. And he uh, goes back over to the door and he opens up the door and steps outside. He uh, sneaks back to his car and gets in. And this drops. is why we met him at a Denny's. He doesn't look out of place at all. <laughs> Another crazy customer. Anyway, the reason, sorry. Uh, Ooh, gotta keep him on a close leash. 
the reason for postponing is I want to talk to Elizabeth Tucker um, because uh, Izari, uh, Yamala Izari, um, was famous in the community for buying antiques. I'm curious mm. if she's had any contact with uh, our friendly. Really good idea, actually. That is a very good idea. I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I, did, I would not have either. Well, we've got another avenue to go down. If we'll lead back into our main. Yeah. Well, uh, tea and toast and uh, sleep. Tea? Yeah. Tea. What are you, British? Tea's nice. <laughs> tea, tea is nice. If you don't have tea and toast for supper, you're messing out, East. I'll, I'll make you some tea and toast. Don't worry. We'll put some marmite on your They don't have that here. <laughs> we don't that even know what that is. That's bad in Delta Green. It's bad. Um, just marmite's bad. The all right. So we'll assume then that you go back. Um, and you maybe go over some of the stuff that you've, you've had and discuss it and, and eventually mm -hmm. go to bed. And I think that it's fair since, since John, his internet must have gone down because I haven't gotten a response from him on anything. Um, let's just call it there. It's early, but. Okay. I mean, do you want to have a conversation with the antique dealer or you just want to wait? Let's wait on that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That's okay. fine. All right. Well, let's see. Um, our players included John Dos Passos, Aaron Denamer. He'll be back next week. Mor Morgan Llewellyn, Mark Anthony, and uh, Josh Harwood with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our members. You can set up private games and learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There is a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The cost of Bob with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game.